to The Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show here on Life Changing Radio, 1550 AM WSDK. Great to have you along for the ride this morning on this uh, rather humid Saturday morning. Uh, so while uh, while it's humid, stay inside in the air conditioning, grab a cup of coffee, sit down and uh, and join us for the show today. Uh, today we have a special guest in studio, Pastor Will Marotti from New Life Church in Wallingford just popped in a couple of minutes ago and we're going to be uh, talking with him about New Life Church and about the upcoming Leaders Conference uh, this coming Saturday at his church and uh, also about a new book that uh, is just getting ready to release. So we're going to have a, a great time together. Uh, just uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, Pastor Marotti is the founding pastor of New Life Church in Wallingford. Uh, the church started back in 1999 in uh, in Will's living room, and it's grown to, uh, I guess, over 1,200 people in the last 16 years. Uh, and Will enjoys a very active ministry that includes planting two churches, uh, serving as a hospital chaplain, directing uh, Evangelism Explosion in New England, coordinating the National Day of Prayer in Connecticut, and, and a host of other things. Uh, Will also works as a speaker, a consultant, a coach, and he's involved in the broadcast industry. And uh, Will's been married to Anne uh, for, uh, I guess, what, about 30 30 something well, years? Well, 26. 26 20, plus now. 26 <laughs> plus, man. And he's got two children, Andrea and uh, and William. And uh, and I guess you guys are stuck here in Connecticut. You plan to stay here for well, a while, huh? You know, I, I, it's funny. God has such a great sense of humor. And, and uh, Gary, good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a, it's a real pleasure and honor to be with you. Um, yeah, you know, born and bred here in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, it's funny. There was a survey taken. Gallup took a survey a few weeks ago, a month or so ago. It said, uh, about uh, how people feel about Connecticut, and half of full fifty percent of the people said if they could leave Connecticut, they would. And um, you know, I, I guess maybe if I didn't feel called here, I might feel the same way. But I do feel called to Connecticut, so yeah, uh, they'll probably bury me in up on a hill somewhere. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's you know it's a Connecticut is a is a great place as, as long as you can place. as long as you can afford to live here. That's, well, that's part of the problem. It's a beautiful place, but you know we have uh, well I don't want to I don't get into all of it. <laughs> We we can make a whole you know, discussion I can, I can out of that. Shift gears quickly on that one, but we'll we'll um, we'll wait. So anyway, uh, uh, for you folks who may be listening today, uh, if you have any questions, if you'd like to uh, to talk with Pastor Will, call in numbers eight six zero four three two nine seven three five. Text is eight six zero eight five six seven one nine three, or you can email questions in to questions at optex dot com. Uh, so, Will, let's just jump right into yeah. it uh, and start off. You know, for those who uh, who may not have visited New Life Church, mm-hmm. uh, talk to us a little bit about your beginnings, what your vision for the church was, where you guys are.
you're coming or coming from yeah. uh, and, and where you're headed in the future. Sure. Um, we were called. I really do feel called to uh, uh, Meriden initially. Um, and uh, we wanted to start a church that would be uh, a church for the unchurched. We we, uh, we didn't really want to just um, you know swap saints as, <laughs> as church consultants say. Um, we want to have a church that was for the unchurched. We want to be a, a community serving church. We wanted to be an outreach oriented church. And uh, it, it's funny. I just the other day was looking at a clipping, the first clipping in the newspaper, the first day we had a service, December nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, and it said uh, you know church's birth and talking. And it said uh, Marathi hopes that church will be a community service, community-oriented, and and that's really what God has allowed us to become over the years. And so we started in our living room with five people. We uh, we released an old CVS uh, pharmacy, and we renovated that, had our first service in December, and then um, we, had, we had great five really wonderfully blessed first years of ministry, but we were totally out of space. So we, we merged with uh, Pastor Joel Rissinger from, uh, at that time, Calvary Baptist Church, and we inherited a, just a beautiful piece of property on B Street in Meriden, which allowed us to grow, but then we outgrew that facility. And, uh, and then about two years ago, uh, we were made aware of this, this property called Mountainside. It had been Mountainside, Mountain Ridge for about 30 years. It was a conference center, an event center. And the owner who just has passed recently was just incredibly generous and kind to us. And um, we were able to, to purchase the property, renovate the property. And so we've been having services there now. Uh, two-year anniversary will be this, this Christmas. And uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's fabulous. It's, it's a beautiful setting. Uh, there's a reservoir on the property. There's a fish pond. There's a mountain, um, basketball courts, all kinds of uh, amenities as far as swimming pool kinds of things. And, and it's the first time in the history of our church that we, we have not, we're not limited by parking. We're not limited by seating capacity. We're not limited by children's ministry capacity. And those are three things, uh, by the way, that you really, you got to have all three of those to, to grow a church effectively. You've got to have enough room for cars. You got to have enough room for children and you got to have enough room for capacity in terms of, you know, seats, you know, you got to, you got to get folks in the building. And this is the first time that we've never, we're not restricted in any of those areas. And so, um, you know, we're really excited about the future and what God's doing. And it's really, well, so it sounds like with the campus you've got there, you got plenty of room to grow too. Yeah, a lot of expansion room. We, we've uh, we've made a, a master plan of of all uh, of all the acreage, and so things like a a twenty four hour. I'm so excited about this. Uh, if I if I get over the top about this, just calm me down. But um, we we want to build a twenty four hour a day prayer center, prayer chapel, on, and we picked it out on the highest part of the property. So that when you drive onto the property, the first thing you'll see driving on the property and driving off the property is the prayer chapel. And so we want to have people in there praying 24 hours a day. And uh, we've got plans for uh, if needed. I don't, I don't prescribe to the if you build it, they will come school of, of church growth. I, I, I prescribe to the build it when you need it school of church right. growth. So if, if God blesses us with continued growth and attendance, we do have a new auditorium a beautiful new auditorium planned out. We've got a, a, a teen center planned out, a field house, some other smaller outbuildings. So, I mean, we've got plenty of room to grow and plenty of room to use the property as a way to reach the community through sporting activities, camp, and those kinds of events. Oh, that is fabulous. Oh, that is really fabulous. And, yes. I, you know, I, I love the way you guys are growing, and I love the attitude that you have, uh, you know, to just really catching the vision that God has and allowing him to instill that in you and, and, and help you and your folks drive things forward. 
It's, it's a lot of fun, and it's never boring. That's true. Well, <laughs> and when you follow the Lord, it never is. So right. I'll tell you, it's always right. an exciting ride. You know, one of the things that I'm curious about, kind of on a personal level, is yeah. you, you're a minister, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a businessman, you're an author. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. You're a broadcaster, and kind of the list goes on. I mean, I look at the world, and the world is falling apart. Yeah. How in the world do you manage to hold it all together? Well, it's not easy right now. And uh, even driving up here this morning, you know, was kind of a uh, an example of that. I told you, you know, off mic, I just got in last night from out of state, got in, you know, went to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. The, 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 the challenge right now is there's just not a lot of margin. And I'll, honestly, I don't know how long I'll continue this schedule, but let me back up for a second. When when the Lord blessed me with salvation, um, I knew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I knew a couple things were true. I knew that uh, He had forgiven me for the whole truckload, and I was a I was a train wreck, and I'd hurt a lot of people in my life, and I knew He'd forgiven me for more than I could possibly ask for. But I also knew there, you know, the Scripture says, "Too much is given, much is required." I knew there was a there, for me, there was a, a almost an obligation, not not because of good works that I was trying to earn my 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 you know favor with God, but out of a, out of a sense of generosity, out of a sense of gratitude, you know, I wanted to really serve God, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to have at some point all of eternity to not work, not worry about schedules, not worry about deadlines, not worry about paying taxes. Uh, I'm going to have all of eternity to be with the Lord. So you know what? I'm going to make the biggest dent I possibly can while I'm here now. So, so that that's part of what drives me. Um, but but I, I'm at a point in life where you know I I know that uh, I hate to say this, but I've got more good years behind me than ahead of me in terms of my age and and uh, how much stamina I have and how much creativity I have. So I'm going to have to make some priority decisions about where I'm going to spend more time as time goes on. But it, it is just a wonderful life. I mean, I, I just I can't. I, I have to pinch myself sometimes that God has been so good to me and so um, so kind and gracious to, uh, <laughs> gee, I'm sorry, to have the family I have, the church, um, the radio is an amazing blessing, opportunity. I mean, you know how hard it is to be in radio and to be uh, offered an opportunity like that is, is uh, well, it's humbling. It really is. So the answer to your question, how do you do all that? Uh, you work a lot. You don't sleep very much. And there's very little margin in your life sometimes. And I don't know that that, you know, certainly I wouldn't recommend that for folks. And I don't know long term that it's even healthy. But but that's that's the, the plan we have right now. I don't know how long it's going to go. But, again, it's it's never boring. <laughs> you know, I never find myself sitting around wondering what I have to do next. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's really true. But, you know, but it amazes me that, you know, uh, and maybe a little bit different perspective is, and, and I go through the same thing. You know, I go through spurts of going yeah. what you're going through. Sure. But it's amazing that when you're when you're really trying to stay plugged in to God and do what he wants you to do, for some reason or other, that strength is just there. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, it really is. I mean— it, it is, you know, the Lord's, you know, Paul talked about this. The, the Lord talked to Paul and said, you know, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And uh, it's amazing that sometimes when I feel like, man, I'm really running out of gas here. I, you know, I've got to come up with a sermon. I, I'm dry. I don't know. what. And, and it just seems like at those times, God is just so faithful to, you know, speak. And, you know, not not that I'm hearing the voices necessarily, but just the, the leading, the impression of the Holy Spirit. 
um, you know, he, he's just faithful. He's just faithful, and, and he gives you he gives you what you need. You know, it's kind of like it's, you get what you need when you need it. You don't get you know. I, I heard Doctor Dobson years ago say the thing about God is that uh, he's um, he's he's rarely early, but he's never late. <laughs> <laughs> so. Exactly, and and that you know, and that is a it's a wonderful thing when you trust. But I don't know about you, I find it frustrating sometimes oh, because God will give you a step, and you and until you take that step, right. you don't get the next right. one. And so sometimes you wonder, okay, I'm I'm walking down this rabbit trail. Where's it going? Where's it going, Lord? <laughs> but you know, think of the disciples. If Jesus gave them the whole picture at the first day, they if they were all they would have yeah, we would have been like, out of here. Sign up for this, you know, we're out of here. Um, and yeah, and so, sure, God works with us that way. Yeah, and part of it is you know personality. I mean, I'm, I'm very high, high strung. I'm very driven. You know, I'm, I'm on a lot. I think I'm thinking a lot, and uh, you know, again, that part of this personality type. But I really do, I, I do feel such a great debt to God that I want to do as imperfectly as I do it. I want to do all I can do for God while I'm here, because I will have eternity to just worship Him and not worry about anything. Yeah, and that's so. that, that's a great, great attitude. It really is. Folks, we're on with Will Marotti, uh, pastor of New Life Church in Wallingford. If you have a question or anything, or if you'd like to make a comment, give us a call, 860-432-9735. Text is 860-856-7193, or email questions at optex.com. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. When we get back with Will, we're going to be talking about the upcoming Christian Leaders Conference at his church next Saturday. Are you happy with where you are in life? Do you have a dream of becoming and achieving so much more? Hi, my name is Gary Smith. I'm a business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author of a book called The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. If you're serious about taking your life to the next level, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, then you need to read this book. Wrapped around the story of David and Goliath, The Shepherd and the Princess presents a powerful set of logical strategies designed to help you create the life you deserve. As you turn the pages, you'll receive step-by-step instructions that will help you define and clarify your purpose in life. You'll then be driven to create and implement plans for achieving your most precious dreams. Visit Optex.com and get your copy of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, today. There's a certain kind of chain reaction that seems to be ordained and blessed by God. Hi there, I'm Chuck Swindoll. This is how it works. I go through suffering and my God comforts me. When I finally climb up out of the grief and disappointment, wouldn't you know, I meet someone going through a similar experience and I'm able to comfort him. Had I not gone through my loss, my heartache, I wouldn't be able to understand, let alone comfort someone else. And a funny thing, when I carry the weight of another's pain, it creates in me a special kind of thanksgiving over what God has done in my life. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. The Bible reminds us to be ready to explain the hope we have in Christ. Is this different than defending our faith? We'll get some answers as we dig into God's Word on the next Sports Spectrum. 
Join us as we visit with Arizona Cardinals broadcaster Dave Pash and Charleston Southern offensive coordinator Gabe Gardenia. Defending your faith on the next Sports Spectrum. Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock right here on Life Changing Radio. Hello, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK. Uh, in studio today is Pastor Will Marotti, and we've just been having a, a great discussion about uh, New Life Church, the wonderful things that are going on there, plans for the future, and uh, and how Will manages to just uh, maintain the high energy level that he has and just keep driving things forward. Uh, we want to spend some time talking today because uh, on September 13th, a week from today, uh, New Life Church is going to be hosting a Christian Leaders Conference uh, so, uh, Will, I want to talk about that, but I'd also like you to give us a, a little bit of background on, on Connecticut, the, the Connecticut Christian Leaders Organization and what they're doing. Yeah, sure. This is a new organization, and um, it, uh, it it kind of sprung up. You know, they say uh, necessity is the mother of invention kind of a thing. Uh, I've been participating in a pastor's lunch now that we do probably once a month, eight times a year, um, for about three or four years. And it's it's a eight local pastors that we get together and we have lunch, uh, we complain, we tell jokes, and we pray. I mean, that's because pastors are, you know, odd creatures, and generally they, they do best when they're with each other. So um, so we were all kind of um, lamenting a little bit that we had all, each of us at different times had been involved in other local clergy associations, but the, the local clergy associations that, at least in central Connecticut, that we were all part of at different times, we're, you know, we're ecumenical and, and very liberal, and um, and I describe it this way. It seems like everybody got a seat at the table except Jesus. And so we felt like we, we were never, this group of us, felt like we were never free to really be who we were because we had to be politically correct to not even pray in the name of Jesus because somebody might get offended, and this is a clergy association. So we said, well, why don't we just have our own? We'll just make our own clergy association, and to be in it, you got to be a Christian. You got to believe the Bible's real, true. Jesus died for your sins. You know, basic. <laughs> you know, basic Christian. You got to believe that to be in. So you know, we, we agreed that, and then and then as we just talked and developed, we said, well, man, why don't we just go kind of like out from Meriden Wallingford and go more of a regional thing? So uh, Mark Angeloso, White, White Oak Baptist Church in Wallingford, and I, you know, thought. And in fact, the, the conference idea was Mark's. Um, thought about, you know, what could we do? And so we came up with Kinetic Christian Leaders, and and it has a threefold purpose. The first one is encouragement uh, of of pastors and and families primarily because, um, you know, pastors have a tough job. I know lots of folks think we work one day a week or, in my case, a day and a half a week. But, you know, you're on a lot, and um, and you don't don't sometimes are able to find the support you need. So, for instance, we just a couple weeks ago, we had our first ever clergy picnic. So uh, we invited clergy, um, pastors, family, come for the day. No, uh, no outside pressure. No, no members picking at them about this or questions about this or that. Just relax. And it was great. We had a hundred people show up, and uh, pastors got to meet other pastors that they never met before. And we ate and we we played, and it was just it was a great day. So that's uh, <clears throat> the encouragement aspect of what we're trying to do. The second thing is advocacy, and and you know because. Because I tend to be um, interested politically, um, I think it's important for Christians to know what's going on, particularly in Hartford. So rather than reinvent the wheel, we said, why don't we, why don't we partner with someone who's already doing this? And so we've partnered with the Family Institute of Connecticut, Peter Wolfgang, 
Peter's passionate about uh, watch, being the watchdog, really, for uh, legislation that might be introduced that's anti-faith, anti-family, anti-freedom. And so uh, we're hoping as the, as the organization grows, the, the membership grows, if something happens in Hartford that folks need to hear about, Peter lets us know, we let our member churches know, and then encourage them, you know, bomb the switchboards in Hartford and call your legislators and say, we're not wanting this to take place. We don't, we don't agree with this, okay? So there's the advocacy. And then the third thing, which, which I'm so passionate about, is the training aspect. I, I have a, a basic belief that all churches can grow and should grow. And they may not, you know, I'm not saying that ours is the norm, you know, our size church and the property and all that stuff. I'm not saying, but but every church of 50 can become a church of 100. And every church of 100 can be a church of 150, 200. Because the bigger you are, the more you can do for your community. The bigger you are, the more of an impact you make for the kingdom in that sphere, the, wherever God's planted you in, in the vineyard. And so lots of times I think it's it's possible, and I know lots of pastors, and I am one, I think pastors can get discouraged very easily. Because you go in ministry, you believe you've got this this great plan or vision that God's given you, and and doing this stuff is hard. It's harder than people think. Uh, growing a church is very hard, and so it's it's possible you get discouraged, and then you fall into kind of bad habits. And so rather than doing best practices, you start doing worst practices or, or ineffective practices. And then you just get into a pattern where you repeat these things over and over again. So you look down your own 10 years and it's the same 55 people you had for 10 years. Right. And it's kind of an ingrown, you know, it's not, it's not a healthy environment and you're not bringing new people to Christ. You're not influencing your, your neighborhood, your communities like you could be. So we just feel like every church can grow. And, and our mission is to help bring ideas and teaching to churches, whether you're a full-time pastor, particularly bivocational pastor, because a lot of pastors in Connecticut are bivocational, uh, we want to we give you the things that will help you grow your church, not just grow the church, but sustain that growth so you can have the greatest impact for the kingdom in your neighborhood and the community. Now that's that's such powerful stuff, you know, and, and I think about a couple of things there. I mean, I think uh, I think one of the one of the weapons that Satan has used supremely against the Christian church is division. Because how many church situations do you know where the church started out with fifty people, it grew to a couple of hundred people, and all of a sudden there was some infighting that occurred in the yeah. church, and yeah. now there are four splinter groups of fifty each, exactly. and and by doing that, you know, we effectively kill the ministry. Uh, of the church uh, and to be able to you know to really reach out and to have thing have the resources to have the finances to be able to do some some really re- neat things. Um, the other comment I have based on what you said is that I, I was talking to a fellow the other day who's a financial planner and he's also a pastor. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that troubles him is he said there are so many. Uh, pastors who claim to be Christians today who get up in the pulpit and they water down the Word of God so badly in the name of being politically correct. And yeah. he said, he said, I have a real heart for seeing pastors out there who will get up in the pulpit and tell people what they need to hear, not yeah. what they want to hear. Well, another survey that I read, uh, I read a lot, another survey that I read a few weeks ago uh, was uh, uh, the state of millennials, this new young generation in the church, and what they like and what they don't like. And one of the things that was interesting about the survey was we think, older people think, that that's what has to be done to attract and draw millennials is you have to kind of give a vanilla message, uh, not anything that's, that's too harsh or too strong or too powerful. It's just the opposite. Even if they disagree with it, and you know, millennials are the millennial generation is, is unusual because there's two things that that are 
juxtaposed that that don't make sense to me, but I kind of understand. One is the the, the millennials, by and large, are are against abortion. Millennials are primarily pro-life. But they're also in favor of gay marriage. So those are two two issues that you're like, how does that work? You know, I, I mean, I'm 55. I don't understand how that works. So, but what, what the survey said is they don't want you to 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 just completely ignore issues. They want you to talk about hard issues, difficult issues from a biblical perspective. Be honest about it. Be sincere about it. And and the, and they respond to that. So I look at our church and man, we got we got a bunch of young people in our church. I'm thinking, why? You know, I'm. I'm 55 years old. I mean, why are they coming? Well, part of it is because we got a really cool music director, John Sandoval, and he's got, you know, things in his ears and little tattoo things. And, you know, <laughs> you know, people, people, you know it's, not, it's not me, but it works for John. And so, you know, and, he, and he's a fabulous, you know, music person and a world-class guitarist. And, and so that's part. But I think it's because we, we, just, we just try to be real uh, at all levels. And so younger people, they're drawn to that. They they like that, and and that's that's what the survey showed. So um, yeah, I would just encourage pastors, you know. But again, part of it is sometimes we're mean spirited. Part of the thing we we say things, we shoot ourselves in the foot by some of the things we teach that are neither kind nor biblical. It's just like we just think it, and so we say it, and it, and so we've got to be careful to not be mean spirited. Stay biblical. Um, yeah, speaking the truth in love. Exactly, exactly. But don't shy away from hard issues just because they're hard issues. You got to talk about them. Yeah. Speak about them in truth and love. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. So let's uh, let's talk too about the about the Christian Leadership Conference that you've got coming up. It sounds really exciting to me. Well, I I think it is. <laughs> um, here's the thing: we want to once a year we want to offer a conference that really is is both practical and and helpful for for church leaders, all church leaders. Well, who's who's included in that? Pastors, associate pastors, music directors, children's ministry, teens, uh, small group directors, small group leaders, people host small groups. Anybody that has any leadership capacity within church, because you you want to train those folks. You don't want to let them stay stagnant. You want to continually build their 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 skill and their knowledge. And so so this is our first effort, and uh, we've got a world class. I think a world class lineup of speakers. Um, Bob Frankwiz. Now that name may may not be terribly familiar to people, but Bob and his wife started a church in in their living room in Miami the year after Ann and I did. And now the church is is uh, it's blessed. It's uh, you know. Many, many hundreds, so well over a thousand, fifteen hundred people. Bob is a brilliant. Um, here's how to make church work, person. Best practice, just common sense things that somebody go. Gee, I never thought of it that way before. And he's just brilliant, and he's and he's he's able to communicate. He's able to articulate things. So Bob's going to come and talk about. Uh, he's going to do a, a plenary session and also a breakout session. Alex McFarlane, who is uh, a global leader in Christian apologetics, is going to be coming. He's going to talk about in, the, in this plenary session why apologetics is important today. And, and what, as Christians, what do we need to understand about it? And, what, and then he's going to try to equip us in a, in a breakout session by uh, teaching uh, 10 answers for skeptics. Basic things. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in heaven. I don't believe in hell. You know, what, what, you got to have something to say. You know, people say things like, you got to have some, some, some intelligent comeback for that, you know. So, so yeah. Now, this, our, our next guest is, is unusual in the sense that um, she, she's a journalist. She, she uh, writes USA Today. She's on Fox News, and, and she, she's kind of liberal. Uh, her name is Kirsten Powers. And people say, well, why would you have a liberal you know, I, I, somebody just trashed me on an email. You're like, wow, I can't believe you're having Kirsten Powers. Well, here's the deal. Kirsten Powers grew up pretty much an atheist. Uh, 
parents were highly educated college professors, atheists. And about six or seven years ago, she met Jesus. So her life is changing. Her thoughts are changing. So I'm bringing Kristen in and, and, and Kirsten in. I want Kirsten to talk about what happens now. As you, you're a Christian now, you're following Jesus and you're seeing the the conflicts. Right? So what happens when when faith and culture collide? What happens when faith and media collide? And she's going to be doing a Q&A afterwards for her breakout about why Christians, particularly why Christian women should get into journalism. And then Mark Androsa, senior pastor of White Oak Baptist Church, is going to be talking. He's, he's kind of tailing the theme. He'll be teaching the principles of what does a healthy church look like and what should be happening and what shouldn't be happening in a healthy church. Because not all churches are healthy because we, churches are made up of people, largely dysfunctional people. And so, you know, sometimes we can be dysfunctional and churches become dysfunctional. So uh, it, it's going to be exciting breakouts for um, uh, music, effective music ministry, teens, kids, um, servant evangelism, reaching your community through servant evangelism, uh, effective small group ministry, 10 answers for skeptics, how to, how to get first-time guests to become second-time guests to become third-time guests, what, what to do. Bob will be talking about how to make your, your church magnetic. Mm-hmm. Great concept. And uh, so, so, yeah, and, and, and breakfast, lunch, the four plenary sessions, choices of breakouts. Fabulous. Uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. You're, you're going to cover a whole lot of territory. Yeah, yeah. And uh, interesting observation about Kirsten. I, I've, I've watched her on Fox News for a long time now mm-hmm. and uh, and read probably about a year ago was the first time that yeah. I knew that she had become a Christian. But it's interesting to watch over the months and the years how that pendulum has begun to swing in you, her you life. You notice it, I don't notice you? You, you do. see her changing yeah. over. I've been watching her for years well, as you have, and you can actually watch God changing her. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is that there are sometimes when she's on like O'Reilly or somebody like that, one of those shows, you can actually almost see the conflict in her face as she's dealing with these things. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's powerful, and that that I think is a testimony but, but to how God works. Say, nobody knew. Nobody knew because this is about a year, year and a half ago, she came out with a, 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 an expose in Christianity Today. They asked her to write the story because they heard about it. And uh, and she was reticent to talk about it because, hey, let's face it, you know, Christianity and journalism, Christianity and liberal journalism, yeah, there's no partnership there at all. So, um, you know, and I want to I want to re- respect her profession, too. So I don't want to make her paint her into something that she's not. But I think her perspectives are going to be fresh and, and interesting for, for Christian people to hear. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, and especially in when you when you look and you see what God can do and and how God influences the way you know the way we think. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was in college, I went to Brigham Young University uh, really? as a Christian. They went just to BYU. whooped UConn last week. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they're good. They're it's a good, good team. It's a good um, team. But when I was there, I actually accept, I actually accepted Christ at a small Southern Baptist yeah. church in Provo, Utah. Mm-hmm. And the fellow who was the pastor there, uh, he's he's long gone to be with the Lord now, but his name was Don Plot. And Don had a real heart for college kids. Um, But one of the interesting things that I learned from him was he said, you know, he said a lot of people are not attracted, especially young people, are not attracted to Christianity because they see Christianity as being restrictive. You can't do this. You can't do that. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, as a Christian, I can do anything I want to do. The important differentiating factor is that God has given me a different set of want tos. Right. Right. And and when we when we see that happen in people, that's the transformation, and that's that's why I'm I'm interested in continuing to watch what happens to Kirsten. Well, yeah, she's so funny. I talked to her a week ago. We we had quite a lengthy conversation about it, and and she said, you know, 
he, she said, before I became a follower of Jesus, Christians frightened me because I didn't have any Christian friends. I didn't have anybody in my circle who went to church. And, and it just, I didn't, I didn't know how to act around them. She said, so the first few years, it was really, it kind of felt like a fish out of water. How, how do you, you know, cause she's so, I mean, she, she literally came out of college <clears throat> atheist and went to work for Bill Clinton's administration. Well, not that, you know, Bill Clinton would only hire atheists, but I'm saying, you know, it's not exactly a faith friendly culture. Right. So yeah, that's it's not what, like she went into the Bush administration. Right. <laughs> and so, so that's all she knew. And right. so, so. You know, when she met Jesus, things started changing, and you know, I—it's I, amazing. Well, you know, it'll be. I don't want to. Say, I don't want to say too much of the story because I want people to come and hear it. But if I may, um, if people want more information about, it, they can go to our website, which is CTC Connecticut CTC for Christian Leaders dot org, and um, breakfast, lunch, four plenaries, and the uh, breakout sessions for twenty dollars. Can't beat it. And so I'm I'm hoping if, if you're a pastor, if you're an elder, if you're bring bring your whole team. Bring your music director, bring your children's ministry. We're gonna we're gonna have something for everybody at this event. And and I promise people will leave and say, Man, you know, when I go to these things, I just want to pick up one or two things. You know, I'm going to, you know, a day and a half worth of stuff they're throwing at and, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I just want to pick one or two things that I can take home and plug in and make it work. I promise everyone that comes, you'll leave here from this conference with one or two things that you'll say, you know what, let's do that. That's going to, that'll work at our church and it will fine tune your church and it'll maybe spur some new growth in your church. Absolutely. So that's, uh, if people are interested, it's ctcleaders.org. Uh, please take the time to look at it, sign up for it. And, and by all means, please be in prayer for, uh, for this ministry effort because we want to see, uh, we want to see Christianity expand uh, in Connecticut, we want to see people minister to. We want to see our churches grow, and this is, I think, a, a powerful foundation for for making that happen. We're going to take another quick break here, uh, and we will be back uh, with another segment with Will Marotti. Have you ever dreamed of achieving true greatness in your life? What does achieving greatness mean to you? No matter how you define it, greatness is always achieved intentionally, never accidentally. Hello. I'm business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author Gary Smith. One of the key attributes of achieving true personal greatness is the constant pursuit of knowledge. I wrote the book, Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed, to help give you the personal and business development tools you need to help put your life and your business on the road to success. It's chock full of ideas that you can put to work to produce immediate results in all areas of your life. Don't settle for being average. Go to Optex.com and get your copy of Achieving Unusual Greatness today. Reach Beyond. Hi, this is Wayne Peterson. She knew right away that she wanted to go into foreign missions. She was 21 years old when World War II was happening, but Jan didn't care. She traveled to Ecuador to serve and stayed there for 45 years. Through the years, she never let any barrier stop her. She played the piano, led children's Bible clubs, distributed Bibles and tracts all across Ecuador. She also taught Sunday school, often following up with new believers and transporting people to church. Most importantly, she played an instrumental role in helping start four Ecuadorian churches. She truly touched the lives of everyone she came into contact with. What barriers are stopping you from changing lives? Get out there. Don't let anything stop you from reaching beyond. 
This is Wayne Peterson, president of Reach Beyond, formerly HCJB Global. Visit us online at reachbeyond.org. The idea of the potter shaping the clay sounds poetic, but sometimes the process isn't so easy for the clay. God is always shaping us, but he often places a difficult call on our lives. That's what happened to Jeremiah. And on today's program, Ravi Zacharias shares the message of that ancient prophet. Listen Sunday morning at 7 o'clock here on Life Changing Radio, 1550 AM WSDK. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on Saturday morning. Uh, we're in studio with Pastor Will Marotti of New Life Church in Wallingford, and we've uh, been talking about his church and about the new Christian Leadership Conference that's uh, that's coming up a week from today. You folks will definitely want to check that out at ctleaders. Uh, ctcleaders.org. Uh, and uh, be sure and sign up. Bring your whole team. Uh, they will really be blessed, I'm sure, and they'll get some good stuff uh, that you folks can take home and, and put to work in your churches to help the church grow and to be doing what God wants you to do. And the food will be good. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about food at New Life Church. Hey, you, you, yeah, well, it's, yeah, that's the way. Christians are good about uh, about food. Um, well, I, I want to uh, delve a little bit deeper, if you can. Yeah. You, know, you talked about these these breakout sessions that yeah. you're going to have. Give us some details on that and what people can expect. A lot of it will be uh, kind of best practice. As I said, the different one will be Kirsten Powers. Kirsten's going to do kind of a, a, Q, uh, a, a controlled Q&A. And so I would invite, uh, you know, college students, if you're, if you're in journalism, I'd invite you to, to come to this. Uh, I'd invite uh, folks that might be thinking about getting into media of some kind, come to this. Because this is, uh, Kirsten is, you know, USA Today, The Daily Beast, Fox, she's been on CNN. I mean, she's, she's had quite a career. And uh, you can pick up a lot and, and learn. And, and she feels passionate about it. And, and this is what I want, I want folks to do. So hers is a little different. But uh, Alex will be talking about uh, answers for skeptics and some, some practical things like, you know, what, what do you do when people say they don't believe in the Bible? I mean, that's kind of a showstopper because, you know, everything we believe is in the Bible. So if, if, if they deny the authority of Scripture, then where do you go? So those are the kind of practical things that Alex is going to talk about. And he's got such amazing depth and experience when, uh, for instance, he, he, um, he's become friends with someone I debated on, on our radio show a couple of years ago uh, who's a, a president of American Atheists. And how how he's able to be friends with the president of the American atheists and do it in a way that is, is winsome and kind. I mean, it's amazing to me. I'm, I'm too prickly for it. I don't know how Alex does it. It's amazing. So Alex will talk about kind of those kind of things. Um, we're going to have, uh, a, a session for, uh, primarily for those in, in music ministry, some of the real practical dynamics, you know, we, we do things sometimes just because we've always done them that way. And sometimes just fine-tuning little things about how you do things or, or kind of timing and sequence really makes a big difference in terms of people's openness. I think I think God uses music to really open our hearts in a way that, that nothing else uh, absolutely. does. And so um, the breakout will, will be focused primarily to, to music directors and people who are creative, uh, instrumentalists, singers, choir folks. So I folks come, encourage folks to come out to that. Also, um, you know, now uh, one of the things that has been so good for us over the years is that we've really put a lot of emphasis on teens and kids. And one of the things that you can do, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, one of the reasons I left church and became a committed agnostic, because church was just boring. I hated going to church. I hated going to Sunday school. It was 
dry. It was lifeless. It doesn't have to be that way. So uh, we'll talk about you know best practices in children's ministry, best practices in in youth ministry as well. We're also going to talk about uh, reaching your your community through servant evangelism. You know nothing warms people's hearts more than helping them, and so there's there's so many things that can be done to reach your community through uh, servant uh, outreach, servant campaigns. We'll talk about that. Um, we're also going to talk about small groups. I think. Um, if you're a church, if you go to a church that doesn't have small groups, you're almost you're almost writing an invitation to not grow. Because the biggest problem, in my opinion, one of the biggest problems churches have is, is what's called the back door. People are constantly, you know, churches an ebb and flow of people coming, people leaving. Um, but lots of times churches aren't able to really efficiently connect people with each other in the church. And so if you go as a first-time guest— and, and and you're not connected with people within a short amount of time, chances are you're not going to stay. But if you're connected with four or five, six people in a short period of time, which is the beauty of small groups, your your likelihood that you're going to stay, you're going to plug in, you, you're going to grow, you're going to bring gifts and talents to the mix. So small groups are vitally effective, but a lot of times how we do small groups isn't effective. So we're talking about small groups, talking about why you should have small groups and what do they look like, how do they operate, how do they function. And the thing that's good about all this stuff, particularly from the, on the breakout side, we're not just saying like, oh, this is how they do it in California or this is how they do it in Texas. Yeah, I mean, anybody can grow a church in Texas, literally. You hang a shingle out in front of a hotel and, and two weeks later you got a church of 500 people. Um, this is New England. It's a different creature. And so the things that we're going to be talking about in these breakouts, these are things that work in Connecticut. This isn't some just theory of something that happens in, in you know, Euless, Texas, where everybody grows. No, this is what's happening in our backyard. These are things that are working, and we want to give people a chance not only to hear about it, but then you have a resource to, to, to say, hey, this isn't happening quite the right way. How can you help me with that? That's what this is about, and this is what the people involved in Connecticut Christian Leaders want to do want to help you our agenda is one single agenda okay we want your church to grow that's our agenda and so we're willing to do whatever it takes to to help facilitate that process so i think the breakouts will be exciting um certainly um alex is is huge i mean i i mean i i feel like i'm in slow motion when i'm hanging around with alex mcfarland that's how crazy he is (laughs) he's just insane uh bob franquist understands church as well as anybody in the United States, and, and that's a that's that's ta- saying a lot. That's a wide berth, uh, but Bob really does get it. And uh, you know, he's in, a, in, in an area. Bob is is himself uh, Latino, and so he understands the culture. And uh, he's in a, a uh, you know Miami's a highly Hispanic area, so he understands that. Um, and again, Kirsten Powers, and then Mark Angeloso really is going to bring the the whole concept of of what healthy churches how they function, what should be happening. You know, lots of times you, you, you get caught in a relationship, let's say, that is an unhealthy relationship, and you just stay in it because you don't see any option of, of something else. Same thing happens with churches. They get into unhealthy patterns, and, and then they just kind of like stay, stay stuck in those unhealthy patterns. And then you look 10 years down the road, and what impact have you made for the kingdom? How many people have come to Christ? How many people have been discipled? How many lives have been changed? And you have to honestly say, well, not too many. 
because it's the same handful of people that we've been working with for 10 years. So um, so is this going to be about, you know, kind of how, how do you break out of that? Oh, you know, sure. If, you, if, you're in, if you're in that bad way, how to break out of it and how to, how to get well, started? Well, first you have to know what the problem is. You know, it's like recovery. The first step of recovery is admitting you have a problem, you know, and, uh, and then wanting. You know, we, we, we do celebrate recovery at our church, and we're our 10-year anniversary is October. I'm really excited about it. Um, we, t- we say this all the time. Recovery is not for people who uh, who need recovery. Recovery is for people who want recovery. So you've got you to gotta say, man, I'm messed up here. There's <laughs> a problem. I need to fix this. And then, and then be willing to be willing to find a solution or a, a help, a fix. Well, the same thing is true here. We want to we want to help identify uh, hurdles that maybe churches are facing, and then give you some suggestions on how. Sometimes it's just fine tuning, uh, you know, just tweaking a few areas, two or three areas, and man, that could just cut loose, and, and you, you could see a whole new growth dynamic take place in the church. Um, church growth is healthy. I know there's people out there that are kind of critical about church growth, and uh, it's it's all gimmick. No, 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 no. If you study the New Testament. I would say it'd be you'd be hard pressed to come out of the New Testament with a non-growth construct. You know, look at Pentecost. Yeah, know, that's what I was going to say. I look mean, in the book of the Acts. The church you know. grew. I mean, growth because why? Because we're proclaiming the gospel. The natural reaction to that is people hear the gospel, begin following Jesus. That's church growth, and they got to go somewhere. So they might as well go to your church, right? So that's that's really the the, the basic concept of what we're trying to accomplish. And and I I think we'll accomplish it. We'll really uh, this first step uh, next Saturday is going to be huge. Excellent, excellent. And this is something you're planning on ongoing conferences. Well, we're going to we're also going to have monthly meetings. Uh, we're not sure frequency. Probably every other month we're going to have evening meetings. Okay. Because a lot of churches have bivocational pastors; they can't make day meetings. So we're going to bring in speakers from the region, and each month we'll ta- we'll t- we'll tackle a specific concept within the church. There'll always be food. <laughs> <laughs> There'll always be lots of coffee, and uh, and again, it's all we're going to try to keep the prices to the, they are reasonable so that it, it, it doesn't become a, a hurdle for folks. Oh, I can't go because I can't. Like, if you're going to go down to the, you know, whatever conference in Atlanta, you're going to go to, you know, an Andy Stanley conference. And, you know, Andy, we love Andy, great guy and everything. But you're going to spend 500 for airfare. You're going to spend a couple hundred bucks for a hotel, car rental, whatever. You're going to spend $1,000, you know. So if you want to bring a team of six people, you're going to spend $6,000, right? You come here, you, you're going to spend a little money in gas, and you're going to spend $120 to bring a team of six. And right. you're going to get... I'm going to tell you as good stuff as you're going to get anywhere in the country. So, you know, we, we understand that, that, that money is difficult. Economy in Connecticut is tough. So we want to make things affordable for folks so that they can come, they can get it, and they can bring it home. They can turn it on and, and, and really make a, a greater impact for the kingdom of God. Well, you know, and the thing that I'm really excited about is that your approach to this thing is not a one and done. It's an ongoing. Yes, so ongoing you know, you not only get the education, but you get a place that you can plug in and you can keep coming back and back and back. And not only just for the learning, but for the relationships that you're going to be able to build and the associations you're going to have with other people who are making it happen and who can mentor you and, you know, and, and be those accountability partners and be a sounding board for you. I think that's critical. I'll give you an example of that uh, if we've got time. Yeah. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, Andy Ice, is pastor of the Fellowship Church in Middletown. Fellowship is a growing church. They they are they're not not afraid to try new things, and they're, and they're going and they're developing. And so Andy's a resource. 
and Andy's church is a resource. So, you know, people go say, oh, your church, you know, 700, 800 people, that's too big for me. Well, Andy's church isn't that big, and Andy's church used to be a small church. Of course, we were too. I mean, I remember when we ran 50. I remember when Sunday, we had 50, it was a big day, you know, I, so I'm not removed too far from that. But we've got all kinds of churches at, at all kinds of levels right now. So, so we've got enough expertise within the group, I think, that we can really answer and solve, help solve almost any challenge that any church will face. Oh, that's fabulous. It really is. There's there's one more thing I yeah. want to jump into here, and that is, you know, we're talking about, you know, ministering to the ministry teams mm-hmm. and, and helping to equip them. But as you know, one of my passions is is working within the business community sure. and developing godly businesses, you know, businesses that are run by, you know, by godly principles. How do you see the things that you are doing through this ministry feeding into that? Well, let me let me uh, establish a baseline premise. The baseline premise is, is is leadership is leadership is leadership. Whether it's leadership in the church, it's leadership in government, it's leadership in business. There's qualities of leadership that transcend the the application. So, uh, you know, chances are, and, I, and, I, and this works both ways. I tell people, if, if God's given you a gift of, of, of leadership, if, I mean, some people just have, have an ability to lead, as you know. If you're, if you're a leader in the church, and God's blessed you in that way, and, and, and you're effective. How do you know you're effective? Because people follow you, because you're able to implement, because you're able to execute, you get things done, people are happy in the team. Those are all leadership qualities of, of someone who knows how to lead. If that's happening in the church, chances are God wants you to do that in the marketplace, or vice versa. If you're a leader in the marketplace, guess what? God probably wants you to be a leader in the church as well. So the the, the, the principles of leadership are transcendent, and uh, so I think— People need to not be afraid and, and to recognize that if God's if God's giving you leadership responsibility in a in a religious organization, chances are down the road somewhere you're going to have religious uh, you're going to have leadership responsibility in in a secular organization as well. And the same and the principles they apply. So you can't you can't be be loving and kind and wonderful as a leader in the church and then being mean spirited, hard and, and and aggressive in the marketplace. The same things that work in church work in the marketplace and vice versa. People respect leaders with uh, authority, people uh, integrity. People respect uh, um, respect transparency, kindness. You know, you don't have to be kind to your, your, your folks you lead in church and then, and then run roughshod over the church uh, folks at work. You know, the same, the same person who's an effective leader at church can be an effective leader in the marketplace using the same principles. And they're the, the Jesus principles. That's why I know you're familiar with Ken Blanchard. Uh, Ken Blanchard and and he, he had the whole Jesus as a leader kind of curriculum. Um, you know, those are the principles that work. And, and, of course, it has to go beyond that, too. I think once you've gained trust and respect from the people you lead in the marketplace, well, guess what? God wants you to influence them to the kingdom. And so whether you use those opportunities to springboard into into spiritual conversation or, you know, some companies, I know this for a fact up at Bradley with one of the airlines, they had a, a monthly Bible study that they bring all the, the many of their employees in together for an hour at lunch or something. You know, you can do that in almost any workplace. And so I think you've got to be looking for ways that you can use and leverage your faith in the marketplace. But you've got to establish trust first. You know, and that's the thing I think where Christians mess up. I think we think we just walk into a thing and, and, and hand somebody an invitation and, and that it's a done deal. No, you've got to establish trust and, and rapport with people, just like anything else. And, and once that trust and rapport is established, then you might have an opportunity to win a hearing about your faith, then you might want, win an opportunity right. to invite people to a nine eleven service or a, a Christian leadership service. Um, so, 
it, it, it those things are, are they work hand in hand. They okay. work hand in hand. Super. Well, we're down to uh, to wow. uh, the last few minutes of the hour, man. This has gone by Fast. quickly. It's like that, isn't it? No, Gosh. it is. It is. Um, well, before we uh, before we close down for yeah. the day here, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your new book. Oh, okay, uh, thanks. You, know, you uh, I know it's it's coming out shortly. So tell everybody about it and what it's going to be about and how they yeah. can get it. The, the book is um, the book is based on um, well, it's called I Give, and what what spurred the book was was a, a series that I did. And uh, kind of the subtitle is Unlocking the, uh, the Principles to a Fulfilled Life. And uh, it is so amazing that I find in life the people that are generous, the people that are giving both of their time, their talent, their treasure, are happier in life. Of course, the old story is, is, is the, the, the patriarch of the Rockefeller, found, uh, Rockefeller family, John Rockefeller. In his, in his heyday, he was making a million dollars a week, which was unheard of at the time. But he was so caught up with his money and afraid of everything that he was holding so tightly, he developed alopecia. So literally all the hair fell out of his body. He could only drink milk because of stomach ulcer problems. So when he started becoming a philanthropist, philanthropist and started giving money away guess what his hair grew back he felt happier and so you know i mean generosity is the key to life i think and so this book there's six principles i won't go into them now but there's six principles that i say really unlock a a the secret to a fulfilling life and the first that it's done and i hope i hope the book will be uh, released sometime in november excellent thank you excellent <laughs> Well, Will, I, I'll tell you what, I know you've got a crazy busy schedule, but I'd love to be able to continue this conversation yeah, another time. I, I really, uh, really appreciate you being on today, especially with you getting front back from Dallas at 2 a.m. and still being able to make it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, well, hey, Gary, that, thank you so much. Oh, great. Yeah, it was great. Great having you and uh, great to connect with you. Uh, we are just about at the end of the Gary Smith Show for another week. Uh, we've had Pastor Will Marotti in studio, and it's just great to get a chance to uh, visit with him and get to know him a little bit and explore some uh, some areas, some wonderful areas of ministry. Uh, again, check out the uh, the conference that's coming up for a week from today, ctcleaders.org. Sign up, bring your people. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be blessed, I'm sure. And join us next week here on the Gary Smith Show, 11 o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to have Colleen Ferrari from Small Business Connecticut in, and we're going to be talking talking about her vision for uh, providing educational and consultative resources to uh, businesses around the country. So until then, God bless you. Have a great week. Live your life on purpose. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you. The idea of the potter shaping the clay sounds poetic, but sometimes the process isn't so easy for the clay. God is always shaping us, but he often places a difficult call on our lives. That's what happened to Jeremiah. And on today's program, Ravi Zacharias shares the message of that ancient prophet. Listen Sunday morning at 7 o'clock here on Life Changing Radio, 1550 AM WSDK. 
from Warner Brothers and Alcon Entertainment. Welcome to Clearwater Marine Aquarium. Looks like winter's being extra playful today. On September 12th. Winter needs to be 